Sitting here with Gary. Hey, everybody, how's it going? And Andrew may be joining us in a few minutes, but uh, we just wanted to come back to to TV at my dinner to the to talk about horror a little bit. I feel like we haven't we haven't given horror its due this year. Not that we've completely ignored it, but I think we need it. Especially there was a they've got the Evil Dead remake going on. And I think we need to dedicate some time to that. And, uh... There have been a couple... Horror's had a weird... Like, there's a... Two or three horror-oriented TV shows going on right now. And I, I think we need to talk about them also. So I think, Gary... You, you've seen The Evil Dead. That is correct. I've seen them good. all and, to this point. And you've been watching The, the Bates Motel. That is correct as well. And the, and the Hannibal, you saw Hannibal as well, right? Yeah, I mean, so far it's only I think what two episodes or three. It's episodes only like two through, episodes, but, yeah. But yeah. So okay, so we're up to speed. When when Andrew joins us, I'm not sure what all he's seen as opposed to what we've seen, but that's good. That's a good starting point because I definitely think that we need to dedicate some time to this Evil Dead remake. Cool. So, so what do you think? Uh, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's. I don't want to say that it it's uh, it depends on your point of view going into it. I think if you went into it expecting um, uh, it to be like uh, uh, well, if you expect it to be the original, it's not. Which you know is both good and bad depending on your point of view again. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, did you did you like it? I mean, for real? I didn't mind it. Let's put it that way. I, I was, <laughs> it's it's hard to say because I'm not sad thing. I'm not one of those great uh, super fans of the original to begin with. I mean, I don't like the um, I don't know parts of the original. I mean, like the story wise and the concept of it, I loved that. But uh, it was kind of you know it was you know very amateurish. I mean, in all honesty, you know. What's the break off point for you? Because this is interesting to me. Because I talked to Evil Dead fans, and it's like obviously Evil Dead is sort of an an amateur effort because they literally didn't have anything so they're trying to make so it is what it is the yeah. original no, absolutely. Evil Dead yes. and then Evil Dead 2 is sort of a really interesting refinement but at the same time Evil Dead 2 is the one that sort of takes it into that sort of slapsticky 
genre. It doesn't go too far. And an Army of Darkness is just like full-on slapstick. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I guess a, a good way of explaining it would be it, it was more refined like Evil Dead 2, which Evil Dead 2 is, you know, the one I, I do gravitate toward. That's my favorite of the of the series, if you will. Um, but it was, it was more refined like Evil Dead 2, but, not as, but no slapstick. I mean, there was a couple little things here and there that kind of... Uh, yeah, we're like homages to you know the Evil Dead series, but um, other than the little homages, it you know it, it really there was no slapstick to it. It was you know just you know it was, it was yes, hard. it's fairly straightforward. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of get into like I remember like I'm a big Evil Dead two fan, and I also am a big Army of Darkness fan. I remember when I yeah. when I came into the thing. It was like Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2, but I kind of, it was Army of Darkness when I was young sort of drew me into the interest in Evil Dead because I heard of it, but I wasn't really, I was like, oh, I don't know what that's going on. And I was a horror fan, but I didn't really know much about Evil Dead. And Army of Darkness just looked so weird. Yeah. It was like, well, we got to know more about what's going on with that. And you're, back then it was like just VHS, like rental stores. So you like, you had to find somebody that had like, I can find Evil Dead 2 to rent, but I can't even find a copy of Evil Dead 1. Yeah. So yeah. we rented Evil Dead 2 and we watched it and we sort of knew what it was about going into Army of Darkness. But Army of Darkness is the one that just opened us up like, what is this? Like such a new, weird idea. Yeah, see, I remember when Army of Darkness, I remember when it was coming out, I remember seeing the trailers for it, and the trailers just, yeah, I mean, I, I was into the horror and all that stuff at that young age, I mean, I was more of a sci-fi probably at, at that point in my life, but uh, uh, it, it just didn't really, I don't know, the trailers didn't really grab me, because I, I didn't, actually, I didn't even put the two of them together, as far as, you know, being you know Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, it, it didn't dawn on me that they were, it was actually the sequel to it, or the, you know, the third part to it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as I got older and would hear people talking about Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, you know, then I realized there was a connection, and then I was like, ah, okay, so let me go back, and then, you know, I, I would rewatch them, and uh, Evil Dead 2 was the one that I just, I don't know, it just always, I guess because it was more refined is probably the reason why I liked it more, and I also saw it a lot more as a kid, you know, that where Evil Dead 1, I, I know I've seen that, you know, somewhere in my youth, but it just... I don't know. I mean, just maybe you know parts of the uh, the animation, you know, with the the characters <laughs> and you know the, the the deadites, you know, some of that stuff just really didn't, you know, it just kind of bugged me, I guess. But you know, I was more you know anal when it came to that sort of stuff when I was younger. You know, now I, I forgive it more, but uh, well, because yeah. it was just such a super low budget. I remember I was a big, even though I was bigger into probably sci-fi than horror at that time. I think. You know, I was a big reader of Fangoria magazine, and Fangoria would always tell you about all things horror, and you'd be, like, reading about the stuff going, what is this? And, like, you'd start reading this article. It's like, Evil Dead 2 ended with this guy, like, in like in medieval times, and then, like, what is that? And then you start reading about the sequels, like, him set in that period, you know, like, this saga, it's yeah. got my attention. And that's how I, and then, because the previews for Armory of Darkness were not that impressive. Yeah, they were not. But at that point, by the time Army of Darkness came around, I'd already read about it in Fangoria. I was like, I've got to know what's going on with this. <laughs> and being like a sort of a D&D &D fan at that point, you know, we were all, like me and my all my friends, like played Dungeons and Dragons. And like, that seemed like sort of right up our alley. Yeah. And see, and I never so, made that and connection. It totally was, because it's so goony. 
Yeah, see, they I never made that connection when I was younger. I, for, I don't know what the deal was, because I was a huge D&D fan, too. I mean, I, from, I mean, I was, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years old, starting, probably even younger than that, playing Dungeons & Dragons. And uh, I had a buddy of mine that I played with who was big time into a lot of those movies as well, a lot of the horror stuff. And between the two, between those two connections, it just didn't, I don't know, something happened. Because I never really read much as far as uh, magazine-wise and, and that sort of stuff, at least not consistently. Um, so I never really, you know, I was, I, I'd go, I'd go into movies kind of just off of word of mouth, you know, I'd hear people talk mm-hmm. about how this movie was awful or whatever. Yeah, cause they didn't have the internet back then. Not you just had not. to have somebody telling you about a movie. Exactly. So basically, you know, the, the best, the closest thing to the internet that we had had as far as good horror movies was when, you know, the news would talk about how really shitty this movie was for your kids. So it's like, that's a good movie to watch. <laughs> like, oh, I gotta see that. That's one I gotta watch. You know, <laughs> you know Silent Night, <laughs> Deadly Night was, you know, so hyped up for oh me. Oh my God, <laughs> Because right. of the freaking, you know, news coverage. This is something you can't have your kids watch. Like, this is dude. not appropriate for kids. Exactly. I was like 11 was, years old when that happened. Up. I was like, I'm watching that shit. Oh my God. And I loved it. when you were younger, it was like it was like you like saying like you better not pout you better not cry and then they showed like Santa coming up with the action like holy hell exactly Santa means business <laughs> yeah that was awesome and they'd be like oh, they yeah. can't have this it's, it's damaging to our children it's like that's like the kind of stuff you see every day now oh no absolutely it was like that blew people's minds back then like no way evil Santa <laughs> And it's funny thing yeah. is, I loved that movie as a kid. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was the greatest thing. I was like, oh, well, that's just the greatest thing in the world. And then, you know, four sequels later and, I don't know, 20 <laughs> years go by and I end up, uh, you know, getting it on DVD and I watch it. And, like, the greatest part of that movie to me now is the fact that he works at a toy store and he's putting up Jabba the Hutt's uh, uh, palace, the actual <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's palace toy that I used to own. He's, like, stocking that on the shelf. I'm like, dude, that's right. Other than that, it's like, yeah, this movie sucks. <laughs> that was like one of the only ones that I had when I was a kid was Jabba. And I still have it. Yeah. No, that's good. For, I used to have them all. I mean, I, I literally had every Empire Strikes Back toy that ever came out. Um, almost all the Return of the Jedi stuff, except for like some of the ones that were like, there were some like ones, I guess, like later edition ones that didn't really make, you know, didn't like have a wide distribution because they started discontinuing them. When they started was, putting them out, like the coins and stuff. Well, there was like a skiff. Like I remember, the like, uh, like yeah, a skiff, like the what is it, Java skiff, um, like uh, during the, the palace battle, like when you know, Luke uh, uh, gets free and starts you know hacking people with the lightsaber. You know Han Solo and you know uh, Boba Fett gets eaten by the Sarlacc pit. That whole <laughs> ship. Yeah, that was one that was available. That um, at least I had it in the pictures. Yeah, I never. That was one I never got a hold of though. And then there was like some of the earlier stuff too, like uh, the Death Star, yeah, which is like the first generation stuff, like some of the really big first generation uh, toys I didn't get. But I everything think we else, had to that when I was a little kid, but it was kind of a flimsy piece of crap when you think about it. It, it was, was mostly like cardboard backdrops, and it had sort of a, a plastic superstructure, and then it had like a, you know, like the garbage masher at the bottom. Yep, yep that's, a, that's exactly we, it. We had that when I was a kid, and it didn't last very long at all. For the longest time, my brother had the the Dianoga, the trash compactor monster. Yeah, but not much survived past that. Yeah, and well, a buddy of mine had the uh, the whole thing, and uh, I'm not sure exactly the reason why, but I, I just never ended up getting it. Probably because it was the most expensive uh, piece at the time. Yeah, that's you know a, a fair, probably a fair reason why. <laughs> but you know. 
that I ended up getting the ad at, which was like, you know, that was like 50 bucks back then. And that mm-hmm. was a lot of freaking money. For me. <laughs> and it's more expensive now. Yeah. We yeah. had the, the, the ad at when I was a kid and we, and we ended up having to get rid of it. Yeah. And never fully forgave that we had to get rid of it. <laughs> I'd almost, oh, I want an ad at now. But the, the new adats, even the ones, forget the collectible ones, even the modern ones, are like they're expensive now. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not paying that. Yeah, but they, I will say that the, the modern ones look a lot better than the old one. The old one was kind of stiff and kind of, you know, it was still cool. I mean, I, I played the hell out of it. I loved it. Yeah, sorry for bringing up a sore subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn adats. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Evil Dead. <laughs> exactly. We were talking about Evil Dead, and all of a sudden Star Wars comes up. What are the odds? And that's, sorry, everyone was like, God damn it. Every episode of this show this year is like, we can't help it. <laughs> Star Wars is in everything I do. You have no idea how many Star Wars books that I read and things that I listen to. I'm, well, I'm very into Star Wars right now. Well, basically from about 77 to uh, about three days ago, or actually not even three days ago, but until right now, has been pretty much the entire existence of my life. So, Well, that's the thing, you know. It's like we were all – every time you're about ready to just lay Star Wars dress, it's like, okay, between the prequels and the Clone Wars, I'm kind of done with this. That's fine. And then someone <laughs> comes up and, like, they're making a trilogy. It's like, you're kidding me. It's like, <laughs> like, you're right back into it, like, immediately. Absolutely. i, I got to catch up on everything Star Wars. Absolutely. Like it, it doesn't take much. You never just outgrow being that Star Wars fan. Well, no. Well, I mean, literally as a kid, I mean, it was it was Star Wars and Star Blazers were like the two things, the two key things for you know my early childhood. And eventually, I started getting into Batman and you know GI Joe and some of those other things. Transformers were you know much later on. You know, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13. Well, GI Joe and Transformers that was when you were getting older. Star Wars wasn't in the picture anymore, and then you were just basing it on these different. Toy series. Exactly. And G.I. Joe was that. the next evolution. And to me, Transformers to a point, but I always liked action figures. Transformers were always sort of a novelty to me because they were more expensive and you couldn't do as much with them because they didn't have the same aspect ratio. You know, they, oh, yeah. they, they didn't have the same proportion, so you couldn't interact. And they didn't an- interact with G.I. Joe's very well because for the same reason. It's like one guy looks like a truck, but he's like half the size, like proportionate like to, to G.I. Joe's. Oh, yeah. So that doesn't help me. No, well, it didn't help that they were, weren't proportional amongst themselves either. I mean, you had a guy who yeah, was you could, a like giant who was, was a like a pistol, gun. and he's like, I could hold him like a pistol, and that's awesome. But Optimus Truck, uh, Optimus Truck, Optimus Prime is a truck. But it's like he's a half the size of Megatron. It's exactly. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Exactly. And then you got the when they're robots, guy, they all seem to be the uh, same. Shockwave or Soundwave. You know, he's the you know, same situation. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay, he's supposed to be, you know, he's this giant robot, but he transforms into a thing that the little dude can carry around in the movie or from the show. It's <laughs> even, like, even as a kid, you're trying to work out the the mythology that you're supposed to follow. It's like I'm just trying to figure out the lo- the the logic that I follow when I'm making these characters interact. Exactly. Making it difficult to me. Like, I ah, thought the, okay, whatever. <laughs> the most awesome thing ever when I was a kid was when they were came up with Mask. You remember Mask? I remember and the I name. I thought it was a great idea. It turned out to be lame. But they were like, it's going to be like a G.I. Joe kind of organization that whose vehicles turn into things. Mm. You're like, that sounds badass. Yes, I remember now. Even as a little kid, I was like, that's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then the Mask Toys came out. And the figures were like an inch tall. And you're like, yeah. what? 
are you guys doing? <laughs> if these were G.I. Joe compatible figures, you would have ruled the toy market. Yep. If I could have put my G.I. Joes inside a mask vehicle and it turned into something, oh my god. Yep. I agree. And you came up with like the mask figures. You probably, probably nobody knows what I'm talking about here, but prior to mask, the only action figure series that I can even remember that that was proportionate that was a series called Eagle Force. And yeah, I don't remember that. Eagle Force. You can Google Eagle Force as a, as a as just out of fun, but the only thing that was interesting with Eagle Force figures was that they were. Die hard. They were die hard metal. They were die cast mm. metal, and that was like a big thing for a while in TV. Uh, I don't know why for kids for a while die cast metal figurines was a big deal. Well, they were easy to make, and I think they were also they about the only thing around. It seemed awesome. Yeah. So the Eagle Force figures were like a GI Joe knockoff that was like an inch and a half tall, but they were die cast metal. So you thought those guys are badass. Yeah. And then Mask was not diecast metal, but they were sort of proportionate to the the Eagle Force. And you're like, what am I going to do with these? (laughs) And of course, the Mask, you know, the Mask series didn't make it because you're like, you're trying to figure out these aren't compatible with my G.I. Joes. They're not compatible with my Star Wars figures. You know, I got all these, all these toys and action figures and vehicles and things. And these guys are only compatible with themselves. There's only so much we can do with that. Well, yeah, you're limit, you're limited, and you're, yeah, you know, that's the other part too. The other ones were, if they're already established, then, yeah, you, you know, you're, it's like your parents are gonna go out and buy a whole new everything, you know, yeah, just to like, get you your whole. What'll new world. happen is they'll only play with mass toys. It's like, why exactly. don't you know what you're talking about at all? My toys are discriminating. What makes you so dumb? <laughs> yeah, what makes you so stupid? These would be proprietary action figures. It's like, okay, so mask <laughs> is like the Sony beta of. <laughs> Of action figures. It's like, this is going to be so awesome that people only want this. It's like, no, we already have everything else. This is going to be like so particular to itself that no one can invest in it. And that's what happened to Mask. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so then we have Evil Dead. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) speaking of Evil Dead. (laughs) Which I'm trying to get to. But... You know, anyway, that does all tie in together. The nostalgia of all that is is what we're really talking about. Because I think at that time, you really just had to gravitate to whatever was being offered. And you didn't have, like, people are spoiled by how much they know about things now. Yeah. But back then, there could be something truly awesome. Like, Evil Dead is truly awesome, and you don't even know about it. Oh, yeah. And that's how, exactly how it was for me. I mean, I didn't see Evil Dead until Evil Dead 1 was you know. And Army of Darkness was in the theater, and I had read a little bit about. It. I think I'd read about Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, but I, but when I was into horror movies, reading Fangoria, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not really into like horror movies that are trying to be really severe. And I knew that Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two were both unrated. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't care about <laughs> things because I loved gore. I, I, I had no problem with gore. But I, I didn't even then, like, I don't want something that's just supposed to be over the top for no reason. And I kind of, like, categorized Evil Dead in that just because. Well, yeah. And I softened on that because prior to, to Army of Darkness, Sam Raimi had done Darkman. So I was a little bit familiar with, uh, with Sam Raimi and... 
was coming around. Contact. Sensors have detected space-time distortion due to sudden manifestation of an ancient Calvarian hellmouth. Confirmed friendly. Preparing for arrival of life form Mandrew. Ooh, hang on. Let's see if we can get Andrew in on this. How's it hanging? Gary and I haven't gotten very deep into it. We've been talking about action figures <laughs> and toy lines for <laughs> strangely yeah, go figure, enough. Right? <laughs> yeah, go figure. Go figure would be an awesome name for an action figure podcast. That is a good name. <laughs> Maybe when we do our next spinoff. Go figure. Brooks will be Brooks will get on that. What do you one. think? <laughs> Go figure. Oh, patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> yeah. Gotta throw that out there, man. You can't people just take it from us. <laughs> But yeah, so we were talking about Evil Dead. We we haven't gotten into discussing the actual Evil Dead remake, but we were talking about when we were younger how how we sort of gravitated to Evil Dead. And and it took a while because with without the internet and and all this buzz going on, you know, awesome movies would have just happened and you didn't necessarily know about it. You know, when I was reading Fangoria, even then being a fan of horror, I knew that Fangoria was just full of crap. Like, they covered crap franchises, so you couldn't always... Like, something Fangoria thought was a big deal. You couldn't just imagine that, that it was a big deal. But but by the time Army of Darkness came around, you know, there'd already been... I, now I want to Google this to find out, but but Darkman had already been around. Yeah. And Darkman was sort of my introduction to Sam Raimi, because it was his sort of spin on on the superhero genre. Gotcha. And so at that point, I didn't. It's weird because I was a fan of horror, but I didn't gravitate to Sam Raimi because of his works and the horror genre. It was because of, of Darkman. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting concept. So by the time they're like, oh, and then they've got this, this army of darkness. I'm like, I've heard about that. That's part of that Evil Dead sort of thing. Yeah, so Darkman was 1990, by the way. Okay. And let's see. And Army of Darkness, 1992. So, yeah, I just said I was trying to. And apparently, by the way, while I'm looking that up on the IMDb, I see there's an Army of Darkness 2 planned for 2016. That's uh, rumored, I believe. Uh, Is that the the rumored connection? We'll get to that, but there is a sort of rumored connection to... uh, Bruce Campbell's franchise and this "quote unquote" remake that we're discussing tonight. So let's let's not preamble that any further. Let's let's go into a little bit. We were talking about the remake itself. Yeah. That I found it to be somewhat disappointing. Oh yeah. I feel like. You know, and it's almost like if you took the first Evil Dead movie, the original, and made a remake of it, this would be like, well, that's a good, a good thought. Yeah. But clearly, that's not what they did because there are so many like, like just callbacks to Army of Darkness and and Evil Dead Two, things that happen in those movies that you can tell that there's there's an element that draws from the later on the later movies, and you're like, you know, if they're gonna do that then I have to judge them a little bit more strictly. 
because I feel like if I had only seen the first Evil Dead, or if I had never heard of Evil Dead at all, that I would be kind of, I'd be kind of impressed with this movie a little bit, or at least I think it's kind of cool. Because I, I intellectually review the things that are going on in this movie, and I'm like, you know, if I just saw this by itself, I would think, compared to other horror movies that are going on right now, this is not bad. This is something, you know, th these are kind of things that I would think of as interesting above and beyond those other movies. Gotcha. How does it stand out more than actual, like, um, just a standard horror movie now? Because even, like, the original idea is kind of a stand. I mean, just because of that back then it was, you know, it feels like that was one of those things. It's, like, such an obvious idea or just an obvious, like, solid, simple concept in a way that and it had a lot of charm it feels like if you just made a kind of lifeless remake it would be kind of bland well and that's sort of how it plays out i don't think that's their goal i don't think they tried to strip it down i think the people who made this movie had an earnest intent to do an honorable remake of the evil dead and that's what makes you even sadder because it feels like man so they just don't get it because they're clearly trying uh, like so many scenes in this remake, like man, they are clearly trying. They're like they're hardcore at how hard they're trying. You know, people are cutting their own limbs off, and you know, the, the girl's still getting raped by a tree, which is pretty serious. To try to redo and all that kind of stuff, and like man, they're not. Do they have the, trying to shy away from? Do them. they have? Do they have a um? Do they try to do like a? I mean, I guess they have to have that character, but they try to do a. Ash analog, or are they staying away from trying yes to Yes and no. Them? What's weird about this, and and this is what I want to kind of get into a little bit. You can see where they're kind of trying to leave things open to possibly re bring Ash back, which is where, you know, that rumor of an army of darkness 2 is coming from. Is like, at some point, they were like, yeah, we're going to do an Evil Dead remake, but... None of the characters of the original Evil Dead are in this film. Yeah. Like, there are analogs of all the characters because it's like the main guy, the Ash looking guy who shows up. Yes, the girl who gets tormented, that's his sister. Yes, he's there with his girlfriend and he's there with his buddy and all this stuff, you know. And like, so all these character concepts are mirrored in the story, but none of the same characters exist. This is not a reboot of the characters. No, I mean, it's definitely a different group of individuals, even though they do mirror, like you're saying, the other ones. But it is a different group. And, and and they leave elements there that make you think, is this supposed to be a follow-up? Because when they get to the cabin, there's like the car outside looks just like Ash's car. There's like well, a it, it, it car is Ash's car. I mean, it may not Ash's be car. by name, but it, it's, it's the same vehicle I mean, and, that Sam Raimi used. And it makes you think, you know, is this supposed to be a follow-up? You know, obviously it's a remake in concept and story. But since they're not rebooting the characters themselves, is this supposed to be like a follow-up story? Is that what they're getting at? Because these rumors of an Evil Dead 4 or now an Army of Darkness 2 started surfacing immediately. Yeah. And you start thinking, is this what they're trying to get at? Well, I think part of that rumor surfacing i mean they're, they're the rumor has been around for a long while actually before i think this movie actually while this movie was starting to be developed 
the rumor was that it, it was going to be Evil Dead or Army of Darkness 2. And then it turned out that, you know, Sam Raimi turned it over to that. Now, I'm not sure what the dude, who the director is, but he turned it over to that guy and he, you know, is, is doing the new reboot of Evil Dead. I mean, that, and so everyone, Man. you know, realizes, okay, so Army of Darkness isn't being rebooted. But then it's still always been kind of circulating sort around what Raimi want. that he's going to be. He's going to do it eventually. He's going to do it eventually. And then this goes the back at the end years and years. What's yeah. funny about this, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but what's funny about this is this first came up when the Freddy vs. Jason movie came along. Yeah, yeah. And Freddy there was versus a rumor. Jason versus Ash. Yeah, but that and then people started saying we really were trying to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash as the follow up film, and and this was years ago. And yeah. Sam Raimi said, rather than, like, loan the character out for some other property, they're like, we're more interested in doing an Evil Dead remake. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's a terrible idea. <laughs> We'd love to see Ash fight Freddy and Jason. It'd be badass. That would be cool. And you're like, oh, no, they're going to remake Evil Dead. And you're like, oh, that sucks. And like years went by and you didn't hear anything about it. And then someone said, Evil Dead remakes next year. like, oh, damn, they finally did it. Yeah, well, Sam Raimi was getting bigger in stature, and I think that's part of the reason why it never came about, too. It's just, you know, yeah, yeah he, doing he's made Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man movies, movies and all this, multi-million and dollar like, movies. let's do this, and like, all right. Yeah. And you know what? It can't hurt that they did Cabin in the Woods, and that was a big success. Oh, no, absolutely. And that's, that's actually, but the beginning of the movie was actually hurting me because I kept thinking of Evil or uh, Cabin in the Woods. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him like, okay, so he's a jock. Okay, yeah. he's a clown. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah, it's like, how do you make a serious I, horror movie I with honestly, those concepts after Kevin exactly, It was I hard. I honestly cannot imagine them doing, because it's like, you trying to remake Evil Dead at this point, not only do we have to assume we've never seen the original Evil Dead, but you have to assume you haven't seen stuff like Cabin in the Woods, because Cabin in the Bo- Woods is a sort of this perfect homage to Evil Dead. And, and that sort of fun, slapsticky kind of element plus the horror element, it's like it, it captured it all. Yeah. And then you're going to go make an Evil Dead and you're going to throw out that element and you're going to throw out stuff like Cabin in the Woods. You can't just say, no, we're going to take that story and we're going to make a straightforward horror movie. It's like, that's a terrible idea. Evil Dead doesn't work. It's just as straightforward. What what captured people immediately with Evil Dead was the weird slapstick elements of it, where they immediately started to degenerate into sort of a comedy. I feel like it's almost like I that he discovered that stuff while filming it, and that's why the Evil Dead Two is, exists. Because like, wait a second, let me just redo this. As this yeah, weird, it's just a weird comedy thing. <laughs> and Evil Dead 2 is, like, I get into this argument a lot, but Evil Dead 2 is in its way like a remake, but it is not a remake because it is clearly a follow-up story. But, well, they it's, it's, it's build it like a remake. Well, yeah, it's it's Evil Dead 2 is where we came up with the concept of the requel when we made up that term. We were thinking of stuff like Evil Dead because it's like this remake where it's like the first one didn't exist, but we're coming with follow-up story to it anyway. Yeah. So it's like it's like one one step back, two steps. Yeah. We reboot the story so you don't have to watch the watch that first movie, but it has its own story. Within ten minutes of Evil Dead Two, everything 
past that point is original story. Yeah. But they instead of making you watch Evil Dead one, they just remake the whole movie in the first ten minutes. Yeah, it's right. brilliant. Yeah. And Army of Darkness does the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm back in time. Here's what happened. Just recap <laughs> and start over. Like, you never have to watch the previous film. I just love how the recap always has different characters. The yeah, recap like, always the sort of rewrites the concept, too. It's like wherever Evil Dead 2 left off is not exactly where Army of Darkness takes up. Plus, it plus kind of not. feels like somebody telling a story and then dropping off and then coming back to it. It's like, hold on, let me tell you where it was. Like, they're making it up. It's, and they it's keep almost back. like in real life, where if I were going to tell you a story that began with me in medieval England, then I can't tell you everything that happened up to that point. So I'm going to recap in the way that just makes it make the most sense. Like, Absolutely. So I was in a cabin and there was a thing, and now I'm a slave in England <laughs> fighting <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Go. Like the, and that's the most brilliant form of storytelling because they never lie, but they always restructure the story. And so you sort of accept that as like going into a remake, you're like, okay, so you know, maybe you know, we'll have our moments here too. But the remake it feels like and and, and I this is a tragedy, it hurts my heart. I see this all the time. I really do believe this. Like I cannot fault the people who made this remake. I feel very sincerely like they wanted to make an Evil Dead movie. Like it was, they never faltered, in my opinion, from wanting to honor Evil Dead in what they were doing with this movie. But they failed. Because whatever it is that they thought made an Evil Dead movie, I don't agree that that's what it is. I I personally believe that they don't get it. Because trying to tell Evil Dead is a straightforward even in like a like the two hundred thousand dollar budget original college film that they made out of Evil Dead, even then you could see that they were like, we can't just tell the straightforward. There has to be there 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 has to be a sort of over the top element. It's it comes off as comical even then. And having Bruce Campbell just makes it work because somehow he just makes that concept work. Yeah. So is this like just a totally straight up version of it then? There's like yeah, nothing. I, the, somewhere near the end it gets awkward and they start having one-liners and it's even weirder because it's like up until now you guys have been playing the straight and now you're having one-liners and things. <laughs> so the, it, there's a, there is a lot of tonal confusion in the film because – you know, not only do you guys like keep playing it too straight, but also like you've rejiggered some things in it so that you don't seem to understand their importance. Like the Necronomicon, the whole thing, it seems to be more based on like resurrecting this sort of straight up satanic kind of demon. Like, yeah, they, well, what they do is they give it, um, they don't leave it ambiguous where the original one left yeah, it very ambiguous. It, was it like a mysterious force and everyone just turn around and go, wow, and you're like, what is it they're seeing? Instead, yeah. it was like, it's this demon. I was like, oh, well, that's dumb. Why are they screaming then? Yeah, I mean, well, looking back, the original basically was, was literally just don't read the Latin. Once you read it, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. all shit happens. Where this one, it starts to, like you said, it starts to, it, it basically goes into that book more, you know, it gives you more of that book, which is, I think, you know, it, Sometimes, in some ways, it works. In some ways, it does. I mean, obviously, your imagination, I think, is 
yeah is much more you know a, a stronger thing than they could ever put on film yeah but see that's a i mean that's a problem i mean that's my big I mean, i'm not a huge horror guy and the horror movies i tend to like are the ones that are provide the best story and anytime you try to explain a story like that it just gets it falls dumb. apart but yeah but when you make it just like just like i always talk about how much i love blair witch when you just don't explain anything, it's terrifying because yeah. my imagination is yeah. much you better don't know than any stupid again. backstory. Because then you start talking about demons, and I was like, I don't believe in demons. Like, so then I'm not scared of it anymore. But just if it's dumb. just this unknown force, I'm like, what the could that be? I don't even know. But what you know, even gets... in in the original Evil Dead's, which they don't leave everything 100% ambiguous, they keep talking about these Kandarian demons and stuff. But it's so weird. It's like it's not framed in anything that's that that we understand so it still has an alien sort of concept where they start looking at the book and it's like these weird winged creatures and stuff and they're like kandarian demons and blah 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 they're like, you're like what is that yeah and well then, i mean no, i'm sorry go on no go ahead uh, i was gonna say you know the, the big difference between that one though and this one is like this is showing uh, like the premonitions you know you know like so that one scene, you got a woman, you know, scalding herself, you know, and then, you know, you got a guy, you know, the nerd who's looking in the book and there's a picture of a woman pouring hot, you know, oil on herself, scalding herself. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, everything that all, all the little things that are happening ahead of time are all predicted in the book and it keeps flashing back and forth. And for some yeah. people that's going to work. And, you know, obviously for some people it's not. I, mean, I personally think that's dumber because it's it's an it's sort of like the prometheus thing we were talking about before it's like you're making the story more egocentric so every passage you find in this book directly relates to something you personally see happen in that cabin whereas in the original evil dead like it's just a book of craziness yeah right and it feels like it it yeah that confusion it it makes it it just becomes harder to buy when all those things have worked too conveniently together. But when they find stuff like that and it just feels like it's a, and a window into a crazier, much bigger world that mm-hmm. they don't even, you know, it becomes much more scary because <laughs> it feels like it's much more oppressive force behind or it. Or at least yeah. it gives the story more scope because at some point the, the Evil Dead story isn't scary at all anymore. But it, but the scope it has, it's like, you know, at one point you're reading this Necronomicon and there's all this passages about demons and they're possessing people. And you're like, holy hell, that's that's pretty scary stuff and like but then like it'll open a hole to another world and like ah oh, jesus and then it throws him back in time and like the deadites want this book and you're like god damn it <laughs> like like at that point it's not horror at all this it's like this epic scale of craziness yeah but it's all believable because the book was so far removed but in this, it's like it's some kind of satanic text, and it's like about one demon guy trying to raise up, and everything that happens is just bad things happening to women. <laughs> like, jeez, yeah. this guy doesn't seem all that tough. I mean, they also use the book to kill the demon too. Initially, I mean, the, the very beginning of the movie is as a different you know story. It's like a mm-hmm. you know a father looking for his daughter out in the woods. They catch her and have her tied somewhere you know we don't know where it is at the moment but she's like you know in a dark place tied to a to a pole and you know basically it's these deformed people saying you know 
you know, basically burn her. The book says you must burn her. And it's the her. book that they're using. They're using the, the nemino- uh, yeah, the yeah. It has the prescribed solution to the problem, too, which is annoying because the only thing in the Evil Dead series that was close to a prescripted, like a prescribed solution was saying, you know, a hero from the sky will come and, and rid everyone. And you realize that it's Ash yeah. being traveled, uh, being sent back through time. So you're like, even that is sort of, you know, bull crap because the only thing in this book that told me that we were going to be saved is just a passage about me being cursed to travel through time. <laughs> But none of that stuff really plays out in in the remake at all. They're just everything they do, and somewhere near the end, because the whole twistaroo. I mean, if there's a spoiler alert necessary here, but the whole twistaroo of the movie is they have this sort of ash-looking dude who's who sort of is placed in that role. But at the end, you know, the story is handed over to the sister, and I I, I have to say that. The premise that they have that gets everybody to stay there is the premise that she's like a drug addict and they're trying to do an intervention and they're like, no matter what she says, we have to keep her here, you know, no matter what. God, this is a bummer. It is. <laughs> it like a bummer. Because it's like you come up with this premise to explain why they stay in the cabin, <laughs> which would work in any other movie, but we don't need that reasoning because the bridge being out is why you have to stay in the cabin. Yeah. That's the perfect elegance of the original story. So you're like trying to create this other layer where you're like, no matter what she says, so she gets raped by the tree and comes, we gotta go. And like, look, you know, you just need to stay, you know, in your room and calm down. Well, I think <laughs> like, I, I think was raped by a tree. Yeah, I will I say, I think that premise a was a little bit more for not necessarily to keep them there, but to keep them there longer, if you will. I mean, like, um, I mean, obviously, if they knew that she was raped by a tree, I think they would have, uh, you know, all you know, wanted to leave right then and there. But I think the idea was more to keep them all kind of just, you know, oblivious of, you know, of the real threat that was really going on for an extended period of time. Which is a fine you know, device. A little bit of a stretch, but yeah. It just wasn't necessary because we're watching the remake, so we already buy the premise oh, no, no, of absolutely. Evil Dead. So it's like, you guys are overthinking it. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. In a general movie where this hasn't been done before, that would be a perfectly fine idea. But the other thing, everything else, like in the original Evil Dead, they find this sort of reel-to-reel, like, let's play this because nothing ever goes wrong there. And they play it, (laughs) and the guy's like, and I found the the cantations, kanda, blah, blah, and they're listening to it because you would. (laughs) Yeah, if you found that kanda, like, you wouldn't turn that off. Like only in Kevin in the Woods where he's like, I'm trying to line the sand. Don't read the Latin. Because <laughs> yeah. he just understood horror movies better. But in normal life, if you were listening to a recording so made and he was saying all that nonsense, you would totally listen to that. But what happens in the, the remake is the dude finds the book and there's all this notation going, do not ever say this. Do not repeat these lines. And he says them for no reason. Like, he has no reason to believe that there's any benefit in in sort of chanting those lines. But he does it. Well, I do love the, um, the uh, there is the little cabin in the woods part of that there where there, it's written clearly all over the book. Don't read this. Don't write this. <laughs> don't do this. Do not don't do turn this. the page. <laughs> don't, don't keep reading. 
Put this away now, the, the, and he just keeps the, forgetting the, the, the it. was like a post-Ash era. Were these notes written by Ash? Because it's like, burn <laughs> the wonder. bitch! It's like written <laughs> on top of everything. Jesus, you have to wonder. Weird. But it feels like like this. Maybe Ash actually did, you know, annotate this book. But still, the guy's like, "Oh, I'll read it, no problem." So yeah, yeah like the first I mean, thing he does is he he feels the page. He feels that there's raised hidden letters yeah, there. And so he does the pencil He puts a piece thing. of paper on like, top oh, and sh- scrapes it. Like, Kandar, what can you do? Goldbar, Nick Two. <laughs> yeah, Nick Two, necktie. Nickel. It almost feels like a weird idea. Like, how would you? I mean, because it feels like that Evil Dead. I mean, that's what the whole point of Kevin and Woods is that it's, it's like the quintessential trope of this kind of story, and it's that's why it's such a cliche. It's like, it's I don't know. That would be an interesting like kind of how we do it. Like, how would you make a Cabin in the Woods movie that's not like Cabin in the Woods, but like yeah. a, a straight up that isn't you know cabin scary fever story. Cabin in the Woods is like. The Evil Dead concept has been revisited so much, like, not just in its own sequels, but, like, so many movies pay direct tribute to that, Cabin in the Woods being, you know, the most prominent, but you go back to stuff like Cabin Fever, which is the same thing, you know, you lock these kids in the cabin out in the woods and watch them go slowly crazy. And it was just a different catalyst for that, but... To come back to that concept so many years later and just make Evil Dead again like it was new without any kind of I mean, like no acknowledgement that oh yeah they'd even done it in other other ways they did that you ever seen that Tucker and Evil Tucker and Dale <laughs> yeah, or whatever that was awesome. yeah. that's the same thing it's just like another perspective on that story so it's like you've had this a million times from different perspectives so if you're gonna do this. It's like, you can't just rely on the name. It's got to be something yeah, really interesting. The only thing that makes this interesting is if I had never seen Evil Dead before. But at the same time, I also have to have never seen any horror movies before. Or like nothing in that sort of subgenre anyway. I can't have seen Evil Dead or any of the horror movies that it inspired for me to just walk into this remake and buy it outright. So at the one on the one hand, they did a good job technically. Like the, this is not a lazy movie. This is not a poorly made movie. If I had never seen any of that stuff, I would probably watch this movie. And that was pretty cool. Man, it wasn't too bad from that point of view. And it wasn't too much like bad CGI that I can recall. Yeah, they did. Yeah, any they CGI was in there was, make, was pretty good. These are the things that will drive you crazy and they'll make you mad because they didn't make a bad movie. I don't want to sound like I'm saying they made a bad movie. Yeah, so that's 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 the theme of this year. Though we're getting to this weird period where it's like apparently the Prometheus it's pretty easy to make it. It's like you and did Batman. It's really like it's well. very, very easy to make a great movie that's solid and well done, but it's just dumb. What's funny is the Prometheus <laughs> conversation continues. Like even on Facebook, like there's still like like notes like oh, but just like oh yeah, that's true, and I'm like adding comments like more and more. Prometheus is like the deepest movie we've ever analyzed. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like we can forgive Prometheus because it's provoked endless discussion about really interesting ideas. Well, yeah. Yeah. The more I talk, and then I talk to other people. I talk to people at work, and they have interesting ideas (laughs) about how explanation, like, of what the stuff could be. I was like, well, that's interesting too. I never thought of that. I mean, the movie didn't show that, but that's a pretty cool. Well, that's one thing. (laughs) Like, uh, we were talking about 
off off camera when we were talking about Prometheus is like, well, you know, like Waylon may have, you know, wanted to go see the aliens himself because that's the kind of person he was. He was, you know, he was an egotist. He wanted to make that historic discovery. And I was like, well, that's true. And when you think about it, he's got like a daughter who's human pretending to be a robot because she's trying to appeal to him. And then you have a robot who's trying to be more human for the same reason. And maybe that's why David's actions are so erratic because he's actually trying to be human he's observing how humans are crazy so that's why he doesn't follow robot logic it's like wow there's all this stuff going on in prometheus yeah and somebody even my friend at work aaron he he um we always had that idea that you know when we talked about it that that thing could be a hub and they get there and it's you know a peaceful place that's supposed to be but is overtaken by these things and he had like, well, you could explain the, how the movie presented it, like as a weapons base or this place that's like this death trap, just in a more cynical way that this place was built for if any civilization got to the point where they were a threat, they could get there <laughs> and they'd just be like eliminated. And, you know, that's when they know. Yeah. That's why that guy immediately tries to go take out Earth because that's the point. Or maybe that like, place oh, is like the yeah. dumping ground where everybody takes their horrible stuff. Right, you found our like maybe you found our landfill, and thought you found the hub of our civilization. So it lives on. So it's yeah. I will appreciate of of that movie that that it provokes such discussion. I think that's why I do have a soft spot for Prometheus because I do feel like they had the rudiments of a really interesting story, and and it didn't all fail. But yeah. so th- I don't think Evil that's Dead this, movie, though. I don't think the Evil Dead, because they don't have that many talkable moments in the movie. So you're saying that it works just as a solid, just like, it's a story and it makes sense. Yeah, and, it works, and I think it's just it's, not interesting. it works if I hadn't seen other movies. That's where you're like trying to say, it's like, this movie isn't by itself dumb. Like, if I'd never seen any other horror movie ever, this would be interesting. And if I'd only seen certain horror movies, this would still be good. But if I've seen Evil Dead and, and, you know, the successive films in that franchise or the things that it influenced, then this is disappointing. It's like Austin Powers 2. <laughs> yeah, really. If this was Austin <laughs> Powers 1, it'd be fine. Yeah, I always thought that. <laughs> I don't I mean, think that's true at all. Like, well... I mean, Austin Powers 3, I'll accept. <laughs> Austin Powers 2, I'd say, is, is the hiccup. <laughs> But it's that same idea where they do a sequel. It's like, it's more the same. It's like, this is the first movie. It'd be better than the first movie was. Yeah. But it's still just the same thing. And it's nothing interesting now because we've already seen the first thing. Yeah. And you hate to hold something to a higher standard in that way. But it's like, you took the name Evil Dead. So you put yourself to a higher standard. You can't just say you're some movie. Like, yeah, compared to nothing, you guys are good. But you, you are sort of trying to bring back evil dead yeah well i mean it did play that 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 between step i mean i i I will agree that i think it would have been a much better movie if it was a true remake of the evil dead or if it was you know uh, not as ambiguous as to you know because right now the way the movie comes across to me is it's ambiguous as to whether it is a sequel or if it is a remake yeah and that's so troubling if it just it, rebooted the characters 
yeah, it'd be even yeah. better if you just rebooted. But obviously, it's like they're still holding back, saying, well, you can reboot the concept, but we withhold the right to maybe bring back the characters. And that's the rumor that I that I heard online, was just like, they're talking about making a, an Evil Dead follow-up that has, like, Maya, the girl from this remake, teamed yeah. up with Ash. Like, yeah, well, part of that... Part of that rumor. Did, did you see the stinger at the end of the of the credits? No, I didn't stay for the end of the credits. Was there something yeah. that suggests that there's a well like at, a at the very end? At the very very end, you've got um, after all the credits roll, you got uh, a silhouette there of Ash who turns around and you know says groovy or something like that. Really, it's very very short. Not you know nothing you know you know too revealing, but you know with just that at the end there. Um. Uh, you know, just kind of enough leads. to make you think that Ash has some place in this world at all. Exactly, and, and well, I, mean, I was listening to um, the uh, Drunken Zombie uh, podcast the other day, and uh, they were talking about going into it. They had heard the, that there was this, you know, uh, the stinger at the end. So you know, they, they wanted to make sure they stayed to the end. And from what they were thinking, they were initially their thought was that it would be Ash would be like the father. You know, like like the girl's father, she'd be in the hospital at the very end, getting oh, treated, Lord. and her dad would walk in and be Ash, something I like don't that. I see that because it, again, that would it be a could have cool been idea. It, it, the world that they're in because of the car being there. Yeah, you know, because you know it is sometime later. They, yeah, they, but they always Ash talk about have the mother, that be a family the cabin that his kids hang out in. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that it would. It makes well, I think that the car is just there, there, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it that is the same car. cabin, and this fan, and these people came, and because it's the same cabin, this trouble was part of it. I'll buy that. I'll buy that as the requel concept. But don't say that Ash like kept that cabin and brought his family around. That'd be ridiculous. Well, the idea I think would be more that Ash didn't. You know, it wasn't Ash's cabin. It was there. There's a place that they were just hanging out at. But uh, the idea in the movie, obviously, is that it was the family's cabin, which yeah, they would have. I think that part is where it stretches. They if, had if they like weren't... pictures up and everything. Exactly. If, if it wasn't a family cabin, if they would have left that part of it out, if, if it's just the cabin that we rented to take our friend to go uh, dry up, you know, then that that would have made. It, I think that would have fit that theory a bit better. But yeah, it was their theory. Um, I don't know if, if they had, uh, you know, heard other people talking about that or not, but that's the theory I'd heard that those guys talking about. And obviously, it wasn't the case because at the end, Ash is uh, yeah. I like just Ash there. being in the mix. I don't Ash as the dad would be a little weird. Yeah, but it'd be fun to see Ash come in and. But it's weird as far as tone because I don't think you could tonally marry this remake to the original films. If you're going to try to do a follow-up that sort of incorporates this movie and the original films, it's going to be a bit weird because I don't think this movie tonally embraced the original films. It didn't, I don't think it did directly, you know, because like you're saying, it was not as slapsticky as, uh, as the originals, but you could, you know, if, if you go into parallel, you know, the ideas are like parallel universes and that sort of stuff. You might be able to, you know, <laughs> figure willing, it out. I'm willing to buy that too. That Ash has somehow not just traveled through time, but into parallel <laughs> dimensions would be fine. <laughs> he, he was in the uh, Three Stooges version of the universe. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was on board with the idea that he accidentally traveled in the future and fought robots, which was the original concept of a follow-up yeah. to Army of Darkness. 
So, I, I don't know. I almost support anything that just brings Ash back, but it is weird that if they try to incorporate this film as being part of that mythology, it's, it's, it's not an embarrassing stepchild, but it is weird. Like, I don't think it works. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to insult them because I think they did a decent effort, but I don't think this movie works. Because if you, in scene by scene, it is almost like a Prometheus. It's like scene by scene, they've got some extremely well-constructed moments in the movie. But the story doesn't work. Partly because they're just so bad about that even the purpose of this demon seems specifically oriented towards attacking women. <laughs> so yeah. almost everything bad happens to women right off the bat in the movie. Yeah, but it is also the same in the original, too. I mean, you... It was all women that were just you know, only because that always happened in horror movies. It wasn't specific to women. It's just that was just was the convention. Well, and it was the, also the guys got it pretty bad in, in the original too. It, they limited to five characters, you know, three girls and a dude. So I mean, it was, you know, it was, you know, three tar or yeah, three three girls and a dude that weren't Ash. Yeah, you know, so and then Ash being the yeah, he's the, the, the sole survivor, so everybody ends up getting it. But yeah, the bulk of it is women because that's just sort of oh, how so, they did things in yeah. movies. But it wasn't specific to the story. This demon is specifically targeting women to the point well, where it's like she's chased around by this ghost girl of the one who was possessed before her, and you're like, I'm not even sure what's supposed to be happening as far yeah, as this demon. So, it, you know, that's another part. It's like the, the, the beauty of the original Evil Dead is like when you didn't know what was after you, you just, there was a sort of this just sort of rushing thing from the POV of the thing. And people would just turn around and scream. And you're like, what is that? You know, it's such an effective sort of device. But now they just look up and they see some girl looking at them. And they're like, who's that? What are you talking about? Yeah, see, that was another one of those things I didn't care for because it was better when it was, like you said, just the rush. The, your imagination is, again, yeah. ten times better than anything in the show. And the commercials now, made that... it look like she was going to be down in the cellar, like, singing at him and taunting at him, but the, the stuff they played in the commercials wasn't all in the movie. Yeah, and, yeah, it was, yeah, there wasn't much more than what they showed in the commercials. So that was annoying, too. Next week, Sean, Gary, and Andrew will conclude their discussion on the Evil Dead remake if they don't start babbling about action figures again. Check out more episodes on TV8MyDinner.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Plus us on Google Space. Check out our spin-off podcast. TV on the Throne, where the boys discuss each new episode of Game of Thrones. Play the TV at my dinner drinking game. Every time the boys mention Star Wars, Prometheus, or The Hobbit, take a shot. Or you could just do what I do. Stop listening. <laughs>